Welcome to the Kick-Ass Life Podcast. My name is Elle Russ. Join me and my co-host, Tara Garrison, every week as we tackle topics related to mindset and empowerment so you can create a happier, more abundant, and fun kick-ass life. Video episodes are available on youtube.com forward slash kick-ass life podcast. To learn more about us, visit our websites, coachterragarrison.com and lruss.com. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick minute to talk about our sponsors who we love and we are only partnered up with companies that we truly believe in, one of which is Primal Kitchen. Primalkitchen.com, soy-free, grain-free, canola oil-free, lots of healthy condiments and dressings. These are the things that really make food good, right? It's the oils, the dressings, the toppings, but most of them in the store are filled with horribly offensive ingredients and uh, toxic oils. So go to primalkitchen.com, everything from incredible mayo, dressings and marinades, protein bars, collagen, drink mixes, and etc. And uh, use Kick-Ass Life for 10% off as your code. Hey everyone, want to tell you about our sponsor, Rep Provisions. Rep Provisions is a regenerative agriculture company that provides meat that is grass-fed, pasture-raised, and actually raised in a regenerative agriculture approach, which means that they're actually moving the cattle along, just like predators would have in the past, to help them manure and grow the grasslands and then allow that time to grow back again before they move the cattle back, which is really cool, you guys, because this is what's happening to the planet. This is why cattle raising is getting such a bad name is because they're not raising them the way that rep is, right? So when they do that, it allows us to actually save the planet. So when you when you support companies like Rep Provisions that are doing regenerative agriculture, you're actually helping support the future of the planet. It's really important. So um, not only is it really cool to do stuff like that, but their meat tastes far superior to any beef I have ever had. And they're giving you guys 10% off if you use coupon code KICKASSLIFE. So head over to repprovisions.com and enter KICKASSLIFE at at checkout for 10% off. Hey guys, okay, so today we're going to talk about letting go of attachments. And I wanted to start off this this podcast with a story. (laughs) So this is a story about letting go of attachments that just hit me so profoundly. And this came after a friend of mine was reading the book, uh, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And I had just read The Surrender Experiment too. And basically the premise of this book is he just decided to say yes to everything in life. He just allowed himself to go with the flow of the universe. And it's just this incredible story of like building this huge empire, losing it all, coming back. It's just like this incredible journey. And um, my friend said that he had a dream after he had read this book and he saw he in this dream, he was laying on his back, floating in a river, just completely free flow on his back, just in pure bliss. And he looked over to the side on the banks of the river and he saw all of these people clinging to the side for safety, but they were like in branches and leaves and like thorny bushes. And it was just like, like it looked like this horrible place to be. And he thought to himself, man, they should just like, just let go. <laughs> they should just let go and come on in. It's really nice here in the flow. And I, I wanted to start out with that that visual because I think it's so applicable to this this topic of letting go of these attachments. 
because these attachments that we have, and I've experienced this so much in my life, these attachments that I have are making me miserable. They're very unenjoyable, but I'm, they're safe. They're familiar. I know it's a little scary to just like lay back in the water because what if I sink? Like, what if, what if there's a waterfall up there? Like, what if it, you know, there's all these fears that come in. So, so I stay in this very uncomfortable, very difficult, very miserable situation under the perception of safety when it's, when it's really not. And it, and it, and it causes so much suffering. So I don't know, Elle, have you seen like times in your life where you have been holding on, you've been attaching to something and then you just let go and then all the bliss and joy came? Uh, so much. First of all, I love the floating analogy. I did a like a IGTV video on this because one of the things when you're teaching someone how to swim that's very important is you teach them the ability to front float and back float because in the event mm-hmm. of the emergency, if you are stranded out on the water, this is what's going to keep you alive. Most yeah. people have a very – so by the way, I could back float for hours because – I trust it. I trust my body. Yeah. But when you when you when you try to move and struggle against it, or you move, or you you know jolt your body in any way, now you start sinking. Now you start right now. You're the person on the edge of the river. And so I find you know that's that. And I've talked about like stand up paddling and trusting the board and all that kind of stuff. And when you resist, you mm-hmm. fall. But the same mm-hmm. goes for back floating. It's like this. It's this trusting in you that you're floating. And if you deep breathe, every time you breathe, your body floats back up. But the moment you're resisting or struggling, mm-hmm. forget about it. But I would say that I had one. That too long ago. So for people that don't know, but I'm sure most do, you know, I've been working for Mark Sisson for eight years. I love him and his family. They lived in Malibu. And then they made the decision that they were going to permanently move to Miami. And I lost my shit. (laughs) Like when they, when I was in their house in Malibu after they had left, I think I walked through every room sobbing. I just, I didn't want to accept, I didn't want to accept the fact that this change was happening. Change is not fun. And I had to like, let go of this. It doesn't mean you can't mourn something. But you have to accept it because as we know, and we talk about the work of Byron Katie, you struggle, you suffer because you are arguing with reality, you know? And I would just say too, so like we can be attached to an income, right? A way of being a person, things, you're a hoarder. Oh my gosh, right? You could, maybe anger is because you're attached to an opinion. Um, so there's so many things you can be attached to. I think being attached to a person is probably the most unhealthy, right? But we have, there's lots of ways we can be attached. And I'll tell a great story that happened with one of my best friends who has been very successful in manifesting his houses over the years. You know, one house and he gets better and he always like gets the right offer and always manifests that he's really good at it. So one time he was driving by and he kept noticing this one house and he loved it. He's like, oh man, I want to live there. It's this huge, beautiful mansion. And uh, finally it was up for sale and he was like, okay, I am going to totally law of attraction this. Like I'm getting this house. He drove, he did all the things. He drove there on the way home, pretending like he was going home to that house. He looked at where the nearest market was. I mean, he really, really generated the feelings of what it'd be like to live there. And he did all the right work. He gave them a lower ball offer and they accepted. And it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So then he calls and finds a random inspector. And the inspector came And here's what was interesting. That inspector, the only reason this inspector knew what to look for is the inspector had uh, seen the construction. It was a new construction of this house because he lived nearby it. So he kind of knew that they had failed to do something. They failed to put flushing in the windows or whatever it was. So when he did the inspection, he knew what to look for. And he was like, oh, guess what? This is going to be a couple of hundred thousand dollars 
worth wow. of major, you know, redo to this house because they effed it up when they built it. And so my friend's like, oh, well, yeah, we're not going to take this then, right? Because then he was a little bit defeated and like, yeah. oh, man, you know, I manifested that. Why did that come in? It was so serendipitous. Da, 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 right. da. And he kept being like, huh, well, all right, you know, okay, well, now he's in his dream home. But about a year and a half later, they knew friends of friends who ended up buying that house. And it turned out that shit was a money pit. Mm. They had flooding in the basement. They did have the problems with the flushing. There was mold and all the stuff that came in. It was like way more than that 200000 that the inspector. So serendipitously, sometimes something like you're like, oh my gosh, I want that. Yes, my dream's coming true. And then you're like, oh no, why didn't it happen? Like, what's up with that? And this goes back to a conversation of sometimes gifts are wrapped in shit. You don't know necessarily right then and there. But I'll tell you what, he was like, woo, dodged a bullet on that house. You know, and now wow. they really are in the perfect yeah. house. But again, so that can, you can have an attachment to something like that. I've been attached to several ca- careers along the way and have had to let go. You know, mm-hmm. I was in the corporate world. I was on the way to be a multimillionaire at the age of 30. And I, my arms got disabled. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I had to completely let go of this trajectory that I was on. And I know you, too, have had that in your life. So I think, mm-hmm. um, I think what you're talking – back to the river – I think this is really about like if you are too attached to something, then you are not open to the unknown possibilities, right? These gems that are going to come in. Um, Right. So I'll I'll stop there and then go ahead. I was going to say where all your greatness is. Those gems of possibilities, that's where all the greatness lies. Yeah. So when we stay in this, we're clinging, we're clinging, you know, who knows where that river is going to take you? Who knows? But when you're clinging on the side, you can't be taken there. You stay right where you are. You might be able to walk through some of the stuff really slow in an unenjoyable way, or you can let go and allow. And it's it, to me, this all boils down to intuition, right? So I'm not saying it's like, because when I first started reading the Surrender Experiment, I was like, wait, what? So somebody's like, hey, Tara, like, come do drugs with us. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, I'm like what, what does this yes. mean? It's like, yes, ma'am, Jim Carrey, like, what does that mean? Like, surrender, you know, I was really thinking about that. And then I remembered my like God given divine innate intuitive filtering system in which I know if something is coming at me intuitively or not. And we know that, like we know that little feeling, that gut feeling, that pool of like, do that. And it's like, oh no, I, what will people think? And I don't know how, and oh, I'm scared. And all those feelings, that's a good, that's a good feeling, right? That's, that's the feeling of like, but you know, deep in your heart that you're being asked to do it, but you're just kind of scared to let go that's a really good feeling and that's that's where I think it's important to remember with this like when you have that intuitive guidance and if you do things like meditate and connect in nature you'll be more in tune with this more and more and more it's like you're just practicing it's like you're training to listen to your intuition um I wanted to share a little quick story about my friend Josh Trent he hosts a podcast called wellness force and he came on my pod my other podcast and he shared this story and I just like it really impacted me I mean seriously Elle, like for days I could not stop thinking about this story and and Josh was just saying that here he was he's this wellness force guy he's got this pot big health podcast and he's really pushing himself in the area of like biohacking tools like the heart rate variability monitors and all like all the assessment and data because back Back in like 2016, 2017, that was really cool. That was like very trendy. It's like you're ahead of the game. You're really on top of everything. If you, if you, you know, are a biohacker and you gather all this data and you collect it all. So that's where he was going. And he was at this conference and he's, his intuition is just like, 
dude, no, this is not the way for you. Like, this is not a line for you. Like he started, it was like the wool had been pulled off his eyes. He's like, this just feels like a lot of like money grabs and money makers and stuff to sell. And like, it just feels like for him, I'm not saying any of that stuff's bad. I use a lot of that stuff, but he was just feeling it was that it was not aligned in his purpose. Like you're, you're pushing down a path in your career here. That's not aligned with your purpose. And that was a scary thing for him because he's really put himself out on the line and said like, Hey, this is what, this is what we're all about here. You know? And that's where we really get stuck is when we've made a lot of public affirmations of this is what I'm about. This is who I am. This is what I represent. And then you got to come back and say, actually, no, actually not. I'm shifting. And with the fear, what happened for him is like the fear was that everyone was gonna be like, Oh, like, dude, Ooh, like you change your mind on what you're saying. Like, what, well, how are we supposed to trust you? Cause you said this before and now you're saying something else. And that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Every, he said every, all roads were going downhill. It was just like, he was not making money. He was not happy. His relationships were broken. He was just feeling out of control and stressed and like er, all the doors were closing. So he went and did some deep work on it and he decided to actually get vulnerable and talk about all the stuff that was really in his heart and how he himself felt like he wasn't as healthy as he wanted to be and invited people to join him on the journey of discovery and all of these things. And now everything's just gone exponential when he let that thing go that he had identified with his ego, you know? And so for me, that was like, Mormonism was that one for me. Like I was like so Mormon. I was the one that was up on the pulpit every week. I was, you know, doing my missionary work, telling people about Mormonism. I mean, my my identity was wrapped into it. And letting that go was very, very, very scary. But it goes into like, what was I feeling in my gut? My gut was like, let it go, girl. You got a mission to do. You got a purpose to fill. And if you can't let this one go, I'm not saying I'm not bashing Mormonism. I'm just saying for me in my life journey, it was saying, let it go, let it go, do it, have the courage to do it. And I did. And everything just went so aligned with who I am and my purpose. So, um, I think, I don't know, let's dig into that a little bit. Cause what do you think it is that, that causes people to live a life in the in the thorns and the bushes and the rocks and the sticks on the side of the river not realizing that nothing is permanent (laughs) you know what i mean right like so i think that's like uh everything right we're all gonna we're all gonna die (laughs) right there you know there's certain things there has to be Mm. any and you're like i've said before the danish people are great at this they have no expectations if plans shift or whatever they're like okay cool whatever we'll just go that way i think the most important Mm. part is when you talk about codependency with people or a person or your happiness dependent on them when you detach from that kind of thing happiness becomes more authentic in a way because it's it's on your own generation of it not from the feeling you get from being with this person and so i would also challenge you like then maybe Maybe that means you need to get spread, spread it a little bit out more, get some more friends, get some more if you're feeling like dependent in that way or like I only have these two people, then maybe that's the time to law of attract and try to manifest a new tribe or more people that you can kind of spread that out with. Um, yeah, so obviously nothing is permanent. Um, Love I, feel, it. I feel too like the law of attraction really, really, it's about the process of you ask, believe and, re- you know, receive kind of thing. But sometimes we want something to happen so badly, we get so attached to it. So if we're asking repeatedly, we're basically saying the lack of the thing over and over. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, I really need, ah, oh, and, but that can be resistance in that asking, you know what I mean? Which is hard to let it go. But if, so if you're like, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight. Like you're always going to be in a situation where you need to lose weight. So, right. so, so it's, so watch your words on that too. So for yeah. example, like, I don't know, I just can't live without them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, mourn it, be sad, but watch your words there because that's making it more of like a, a permanent thing. That's making it more of that that truth. Then you'll constantly be in a f- place where you're like, I can't live without this person or without this thing. Um, ways to detach from stuff. Uh, hey, do you collect a lot of shit? Are you kind of a hoarder? Hey, time to start to clean up, get rid of stuff, yeah. start to donate things to Goodwill. So there's things you can do in your personal space, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of mm-hmm. to kind of detach from things, there are people that are attached to things for you know, and I and I get that, but you have to ask yourself why. What service is this purpose? Per, you know, what's you know, what's purpose is this serving? Um, yeah. I think when we like, I don't know, when we are, we unconsciously magnify more of the absence when we're continually yeah. asking for something because that's not an art of letting go. Usually, when things really come in and manifest, it's because you put. For example, my first book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution. Um, you know, so many people were like, what about this? Or what about this? And sales and all this like, uh, you know, marketing information and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, listen, all I care about is that Mark makes the money he invested into it back. And if I help one person, that's okay. Yeah, I am not striving or being attached to any other outcome on it. And I really, really wasn't. I wasn't yeah. because that's actually right. that's all I cared about. I now even said I said universe, that's really all I want here. That and better would be great, but if that just happens, I'm okay with that too. I just want him to make his money back that he put into it, and I want to help at least one person. Well, yeah. look what happened with it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's still you know it's it exploded. It's great. I've helped people all over the world. It was a way better outcome than I could have ever imagined because I wasn't attached to any of the possibilities, and so many things came from it. I never thought. Or never would have expected and maybe have hoped, but I couldn't have even dreamt up in that moment I was trying to manifest it. So I let it be open. I was unattached to the outcome other than I was just like, hey, I really would like that to happen because that would make me feel good. Someone took a big risk on me. I'd like them Mm -hmm. to make their money Mm -hmm. back. Well, he made that money back in a couple of months. And then, of course, it's been profiting ever since. It it was released in 2016. I'll probably write a second edition of it. It's, in fact, last year was the number one of all Primal Blueprint Publishing's books, including Mark Sisson's books, not his keto reset one and the ones he published with um random house harmony but but the ones that he published himself with us and you know it's just going strong i could have never asked for for better but had i been too attached to certain outcomes or numbers or looking at things and i remember people would be like how are your sales going are you reading your reviews i never read a review for the first like two years i was like no because you know what I don't care what people <laughs> like I know yeah. it's good. I know I'm giving the information. If it's helpful, that's great. And if you look at the re- reviews on Amazon, they're all like five star great reviews, you know. And then yeah. one day someone was like, you should actually really read your reviews because they're really good. And I was like, OK, I will. But again, I felt like if I was too attached to that, then you yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I wanted to be away from getting attached to outcomes regarding it, if that makes any sense. And as a result, the oh, yeah. best outcomes happened. Exactly. That, you know, that reminded me of my, my journey with my body actually, because when I was first getting into weightlifting, um, I would found myself very much in like the bodybuilding communities and I would see things from other women on social media and things like, Oh, I just want, and they were talking about like words I didn't even know yet. I, I had the things that they wanted 
I didn't even know what they were like vascularity. That was a new word for me. When your veins pop out on your arms, I, I actually didn't like it. I was like, I look like I have man arms. Like what is the, what is happening to my arms or like a bicep vein? I was like, Oh, like women want this or um, like shoulder caps or whatever. Because for me, I wasn't attached to that outcome of having shoulder caps. I just wanted to go into the, into the gym and build muscle. So I was just doing all the things. Like I, I knew I wanted to build muscle and lose fat, but like I wasn't attached to like, if my shoulders don't look just like that, I'm going to be mad. And you know, people would come up to me and say like, how did you get, how did you get your VMO like that? Like, how'd you get that little teardrop shape? you know, that little muscle on the inside of your leg above your knee. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly. Or how did you get, how did you build your traps? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I probably from like upright rows. I'm not really sure, you know, like, cause I was just in there loving it so much, doing all the things and the experience that the, the outcomes were far better than I ever could have imagined. I remember feeling that so strongly. I was just like, wow. Like, honestly, if I had decided where I was going to get, I would have cut myself short. Like I would have never imagined that I could shape and shift my body the way that I did. It just came from the love of what I was doing so much and just enjoying that journey and that process that the outcome was, it blew my, blew my mind. And, you that's, know, and that's, that's the key right there, right? Because it is true about like not chasing money. You, ch you, you follow, do what you love and the money will follow, but it's freaking true. It absolutely is true. And, um, that was it. I was compelled to write that book. I loved it. I just wanted to put the love out. Same with all all the other stuff yep. I've done. I love doing what I do. And it's all worked out great, all of the stuff that I love. And that's why, again, I follow that intuition when I'm like, yeah, that's not, I don't know that I want to do that or that's not aligned with me. And I also feel like too, when, um, so people think non-attachment sometimes is like letting go of a desire, almost giving up. But I don't, it, it, I feel yeah, like it's more, it's right. creating space almost though to allow thoughts and feelings to show up without closing around it. Because if you're too attached, right, then it's kind of too close. So I feel like that whole thing with the river and what we're talking about letting go of attachments is it's, uh, it's like active receptivity, right? And that's where you have to be if you want to manifest things in a receiving totally. mode, right? So I feel like mm -hmm. ah, the more open we are, right, and the less attached mm -hmm. we are. And because what we focus on expands, as we know. So if we're focused on like, I got to do that. I really, where is it? Where is it? it? Hasn't showed up yet. Where's the, you know what I mean? Where's my first client? Where's mm -hmm. my first client? Well, you know what? They're probably not coming. Totally. And I, you know, I think about this with, um, what I feel is like when the universe is, it, it will have a little nudge. It'll say, hey, like Tara, let go of this. And it's it does feel a bit like a test. Like it's it's not, I don't really feel like they're testing me. They're just trying to see if I'm ready. That's what it feels like. My guides or whatever this force is, God, whatever you want to put in it. It's just like, hey, let this go. And it's like, it's cool if you don't. Like we can wait, you know, maybe you're not ready yet, but if you want your life to get better, like let that go. <laughs> and it's like, it's up to me if I'm going to do it or not. And I've learned every time that I don't, it's like I get the same thing over and over and over until I finally choose let that go. And I, you know, what comes to mind is like relationships. Sometimes it's really difficult for me because I don't want to like make anyone feel bad. I'm living under this delusion that their <laughs> emotions are my, you know, under my power. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you need to let this go. You need to let this go. And I'm like, no, like, that. Oh, but wait, but they have all these good things about them. And it's like, let it go. And I'm like, oh. and I, and I get scared and frozen. But then as soon as I do, it's just like you always say, 
I get a gift. I get a present or a prize. A prize. Because it's courageous. It is courageous and it's hard to let go of an attachment. That's the truth. It is. But it's going to make room for those like unknown possibilities, you know, but it is, it is totally courageous. And, you know, here's the thing too. Like I remember the story from 20 years ago on 60 Minutes that I saw I was like watching with my mother. <laughs> like, watch, I don't watch the show, but I was like, my mom was watching, you know, parents watching the 60 Minutes. Oh, yeah. I've and I was watching this. Minutes. And I remember here was the thing. It was that this couple had worked for AT&T in New Jersey out on the East Coast for 40 years. And AT&T did a bunch of layoffs and laid them off two years before they got their pension. And they were like, I can't believe this. We've been right. so loyal. We've been working for this company for 40 years. And I remember sitting there in front of the TV and go, oh, boy, you they had no loyalty to you. Everything's at will, people. Jobs are at will. Mm-hmm. So if you're clinching and you're attached to a job or a career because it provides you the financial security, we get that. And we need that, especially in this time. I hear you. But mm-hmm. mm, you might want to let go because that is kind of a false sense of security. It is oh, for yeah. everybody. It's such a false sense of security. And I I mean, look, I'm not to like I would like, you know, pour salt in these people's wounds when they were down. But if I was a coach at the time, I'd be like, yeah, we'd be unpacking that, that that Hold was them. their false assumption of this loyalty attachment that went both ways somehow. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Now, I also then would wonder in hindsight were they happy those 40 years working at AT&T? Like, did they wish totally. they were doing something else or did they do it because they knew the pension was coming and the benefits were great? Right. But guess what? They didn't get the freaking pension. They made the money play. They made the money. I mean, I I could be making assumptions, but how many of us? I mean, that is the, I work with purpose. It was my clients, like getting into your purpose. And we talk about this all the time. It's like, what are we taught? We're trained. What? what how can I make the most money? What can I do that I can like kind of be good at and kind of stand for the rest of my life where I can make the most money? And so money becomes this this attachment, this safety net. And for me, like I've, I've shared the story before, and I, I'm not sure on this podcast, but for me, I was in a job that I was clinging to like crazy because I had just gone through a bankruptcy. I had just lost everything I had, and I needed. I was like, I literally like I don't have child support, alimony. I don't have any family who can help me, and I can't even get a credit card. Like I have zero savings, and this is my month to month paycheck. I mean, that is a, and I have four kids, <laughs> and that's very much a place of like. Holy crap. It was very scary for me to ever think of letting that go. And for me, luckily, the universe is kind of brutal with me sometimes. So thank thank God, all of a sudden, with two days notice before I get paid, it's like, sorry, we're cutting your, you're going part time, like, get your pay's getting cut in half. And it's Christmas time. And, you know, I was like, I was scared. I was scared shitless. <laughs> but I was like, it, it pushed me in motion. And I have never, like... I've, somebody had posted a picture that said, sometimes you got to break the branch so you can fly. And it was just the perfect timing. And then I realized, I was like, I could not get into my purpose because I was clinging to that job for safety so much. So yes. thank goodness for me, the universe just did it for me. Thank you, universe. You know, the universe cut the golden handcuffs off my wrist back in that corporate job when my <laughs> arms, it literally like made my arms not be able to do the, it was basically like, this is, <laughs> yeah. that was the best gift. Cause it was like, this is so not your purpose and we know you're going to keep running back to it because you're so good at it and you can probably get a corporate job anywhere. So we're going to make it impossible for you to ever Ooh. work in that environment. Wow. So that you, you know what I mean? It was really impossible. Yeah. And I tell you what, over these years, 
there was moments where if my arms weren't the what happened i would have probably gone back into again the safety because that's exactly what i was pushing the beginning i'm like i don't want to you know suffer like my mom did raising kids single mom i want to write all the stories so i'm like i'm gonna go make a bunch of money so i'll never have to worry i could tell you right now i'd be so unfulfilled i'd be so unfulfilled despite that money and i'd probably still be now starting what i'm doing now or something um you know what's interesting too a lot of people so you know i'm in la a lot of people are actors this is what i have seen with a lot of actors so um People are very attached to it because they've announced this to their family and friends that they're going to be an actor and then they're in it for a while and you get calls from actor friends and they're like, they want to give up on it or whatever. But what you can tell is that they actually don't have it in them anymore, but they don't want to give up because of, again, the proselytizing nature of them declaring that as their thing, just like it'd be hard to all of a sudden be a proselytizing vegan and say you're now eating meat. And it was kind of like one of those things and it was also, of course, uh, probably... uh, afraid of other people being like yep we knew that or like those kind of comments or thoughts from people all the downers in the world and just not wanting to admit it well here's the thing like in all of my years doing it and I go through waves of whether like one year I may not have an agent and then I do or I don't get out as much for auditions one year or whatever I've never and here's the thing though I'm not going to be resistant if there's a day where I'm like I just don't I just don't even want to pursue this anymore I won't because I'm okay with right. detaching from it, but so many people aren't, and then they're they're continuous on this trajectory, and they're realizing they're they're not happy, they're not in it, but they're attached because that's what they said they were going to do. Damn it, you know. So um, I, I've had that too. Like I went into comedy, went into acting, and then think, and then I got hypothyroidism, I got fat, and I was like, okay, mm, went into writing, went here. It brought me so many places. I had to detach at all sorts of different levels and 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 rediscover new stuff. And I just think that. If it's regard, and if it's regarding people and attachments, I feel like, hey, this is where you need to learn to be your own best friend, you know, right? Like interact yeah. with more people, um, start to discover more of your passions and pursue them, even if they're not getting you money. Listen, nothing I did to get here got me money initially. None mm-hmm. of it. In fact, mm-hmm. anything, I paid a little money into it, right? Or whatever, here and there. Um, you know, I bought the screenwriting book or whatever. I bought the final draft program. They were all minimal kind of investments. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't make money at a thing often in the creative world until you've done something first. Like you can't yeah. expect to get paid to write an article when you've never written anything. You have to write things on spec, meaning without payment, meaning. Yeah. And that, what does that say? Because you love it. Because right. you love it. Right. And so a lot of people are also, there's actually, I read a statistics where like 80% of the population wishes they were a writer. And I think part of the reason is, is because that lifestyle seems cool, right? Like, oh, you get to make your own schedule. You could be anywhere and write. And that is true. However, mm-hmm. that's not really what they want to do. They're attached to like this idea of a thing, yeah. but it's not within them. They're not yeah. compelled to. And those right. are the people that I say, you shouldn't be a writer then. Like if you can't, if you're sitting out there figuring out like, well, I don't know what I would say, then then don't do it. Don't do mm-hmm. it until you're compelled because then you're just attached to the to end result of what that would yeah. be. Not the thing that, you know what I mean? Yes, it's just like the body stuff that I was talking about and just just that same concept of being attached to an outcome versus loving the experience. When you love the experience, the outcome will probably blow your freaking mind. Yes. You know, and I like I'm I'm writing a book right now and I- I'm So excited been- about that. Yeah, Elle's been helping me. I love 
writing. Like I used to, when I was a stay at home mom, just stay up till two in the morning sometimes just writing just to write, you know, and I love that experience. And it's been, I think that's part of why I like doing what I do on Instagram is because I like writing the caption. I like crafting the words and making sure it's flowy and easy to read and having impact. And that's fun for me, you know? And so, and you're great at it. And, and the fact that you're compelled to do it and you would do it on your own without an outcome, like you did years ago and you'd be like, stand up late writing. That is, that's the thing that says you should write. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I've been writing this book now and I'm like, this is so fun. And it's exactly like you. I'm like, I don't even, honestly, at this point, I'm like, I don't even care if it gets published. Like I'm just having fun writing it, you know? And I will say, I'll share something on that note. So I was feeling very overwhelmed with the thought of writing a book. Okay. And so what I decided, it it was this humongous thing. It's kind of like you were saying, like when you blow it out of proportion and it's this huge thing you're trying to manifest, it's like (laughs) so much resistance because all the fear comes in and all these self-limiting beliefs and all this. So I decided what I did is the file is saved on my computer as um, my, I'm calling it higher, well, for now, anyway, my higher book, but it's saved as higher book blog. And my daughter was like, why does it say book blog? (laughs) And I was like, because in my head, I decided I was just going to write a blog post. Because writing a blog post about this stuff seemed way less daunting to me than writing a book, you know? And so I was like, let me just start. Let me just get my story out. Let me just say a few things. And as I'm going, I'm like, like, I'm just going crazy because now I'm having fun. And so I think sometimes, you know, like starting small, a lot of the times we see this, it's like, I'm going to have a book and it's A to Z. And that's why it seems so impossible because you can't go A to Z. You got to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know? And so it's like, well, what's B? What's B? Like B is like write one, write a blog post. For me, B was write a blog post. Right. And, so and 50 I, blog posts equals a book or wait, it, 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 however you have to compartmentalize it, right? Yeah. But I agree with you. It's like this large end result, people don't know they can't look at the whole picture of how they're going to get there, how the chapters all lay out. That's the wrong way to look at it. <laughs> you got to do yeah. what you're doing. It's just, I'm just writing. Just I'm just going. I'll organize and checkerboard it later and figure out where they all need to go later. Um, yeah. And people are too focused on the end from the beginning. And that is absolutely the wrong way to write a book. Yeah. I want to share a quote from David R. Hawkins. I love David R. Hawkins. He's cool. He's- uh, power he- versus force, right? Uh huh. And he has a book called um, Letting Go the Pathway of Surrender. That book is so good, you guys. Like, I cannot recommend that book enough. It was one of those ones I was listening to an Audible and I would just like stop everything and lay on the ground and close my eyes and like replay it just to take it in because I'm like, I need to know this. I mean, it was that impacting to me. Wow. It's a really good book. And one of the things I just want to share this, this quote he says, Behind all of the I can'ts are merely I won'ts. The I won'ts mean I am afraid to, or I am ashamed to, or I have too much pride to try for fear I might fail. Behind that is anger at ourselves and circumstances engendered by pride. Acknowledging and letting go of these feelings brings us up to courage. And with that, finally, acceptance and an inner peacefulness, at least as it regards to the area which has been surmounted. Apathy and depression are the prices we pay for having settled for and brought into our and bought into our smallness. It's what we get for having played the victim and allowed ourselves to be programmed. It's the price we pay for having bought into negativity. It's what results from resisting the part of ourselves that is loving, courageous, and great. It it results from allowing ourselves to be invalidated by ourselves or others. It is the consequence of holding ourselves in a negative context. In reality, it is only a definition of ourselves 
that we have unwittingly allowed to happen. The way out is to become more conscious. What does it mean to become more conscious? To become, to begin with, becoming more conscious means to start looking for the truth for ourselves instead of blindly allowing ourselves to be programmed, whether from without or by an inner voice within the mind, which seeks to diminish and invalidate, focusing on all that is weak and helpless. To get out of it, we have to accept the responsibility that we have bought into the negativity and have been willing to believe it. The way out of this then is to start questioning everything. And I love that because I think he tackles so many so many pieces of what it is that's holding us back. You know, I mean, it's like, like that book is just like, that's a tiny snippet of so many things like that, that you can sit and say like, ah, okay. I'm believing all these stories. I'm believing all these lies, you know, and this is what I, I work actively with my women on this. It's like, okay, you want to do this thing. So what is it that's holding you back? And so I guess that's what I would ask anybody listening. Like, first of all, saying you can't means you won't saying you can't means you won't. And then the won't mean, I am afraid to. So my question for you, if you're listening is, is it, are you afraid to, are you ashamed to, or do you have too much pride to try because you'll be too embarrassed if you fail, you know? And I, this is something I say to my client, like all the time. I say this all the time when people tell me and they come to me and they're so sweet. And I feel like such a meanie, I feel like such a meanie saying this, but I know it's based in love because they need to be snapped out of it. But they'll say, like, I'm just so embarrassed to work out at the gym. Like, I feel so self-conscious. And I'm like, get over yourself. That's your ego. You know, that is that is you're too afraid to try because you have all these stories that somebody's going to be making fun of you. No one's going to be making fun of you. I'm like a high-level advanced trainer. And I see people do stuff in the gym that I know that they don't know what they're doing. I know that it might be, like, their first rodeo. Like, it's not No one ever gets exercise. to make five. I've never seen anyone. Yeah. I'm like, good for you for being in here. Like right. there's no, like, and, and I, I don't even, it doesn't even, it do, seriously, it's like a fleet, it's a passing thought. I'm just like, oh, like I don't even make a judgment on it. I just kind of walk, I, I see it, it's just, it's in and out. I'm, I don't care. I got my own crap going on. I'm not, I'm not like, oh my gosh, <laughs> look at him. He doesn't know what he's doing. No one's doing that. No one's doing it. I've been to tons <laughs> of gyms. I've never seen anyone make fun of people like that, like ever. Yeah. Right. And that's sure. Yeah. There's a few little, you know, social media posts making fun of people. And I think that adds to everybody's anxiety. But the reason you it's adding to your anxiety is because you already feel like that. You're giving truth to like, it's like, oh, I saw a post once where they were making fun of some lady, how she was using a machine. And so I'm never, I'm never going to be that lady. I'm never going to show up. And it's all these stories in our head that hold us back. And that really is ego. Um, and even the, even being afraid to, or ashamed to, it's all based in my opinion on what will other people think? How will I be perceived? You know, what will other people say if I do X, X, X and I fail or what if people don't like me? And, you know, as I'm working with people that are pushing out of their comfort zones and pushing towards their goals, I'm always like, listen, I had somebody, okay, I'll use this as an example. I had a lady message me on Instagram recently and say, you're so beautiful, but I just wish you were more comfortable with, with, with yourself. And, and I, and I'm I was sorry, like, that makes me laugh. you laugh, right? Yeah. So I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like not in a mean way. But I was like, I, I don't understand what you mean. And she's like, she's like, it's just that every time I see you, it looks like you've had more work done on your face. 
and, right. And it's like laughable, right? Because I'm like, no, oh, oh not at all. Yeah. Had plastic I mean, I was like, I get Botox, but I like I've never. And that's it. Like I wash my face with right. hand soap. It's not like you wake up like, with like a new nose, and next week you got a new. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like I'm like, no, no, no. And she and so I was just like, oh no, no. Like I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I've never had any work done on my face. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Then like I, you know, I, I, I misjudged or whatever. And it, it was the point of the story is. It was laughable. It's kind of a funny story. My claws are out right now because I'd be like, this says so much about you, bitch. This says so much about you coming in my DMs telling me this. Oh, I just wish you could. How about I wish you could be a little bit more like have some fucking self-esteem that you wouldn't need to reach out to someone and try to say something like that. Oh, man. But but I really, she was, you know, middle eight, maybe pushing 60s. And I just figured that that obviously, in my opinion, was a reflection of something in her universe. You know, like that doesn't even come in my radar. I don't even think about plastic surgery on my face you know obviously it's on her radar it's something she thinks about I don't know what has happened in her life to make that be something that stands out to her but it is a reflection of something going on in her life not mine and so it was easy for me to deflect and let that roll off because I have never given any power to that statement I have never said like I have I don't have a let's say I had a nose job and I'm sitting here thinking and I never told people and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I wonder if everyone can tell I had a nose job. I wonder if they think I'm like this phony because right. I'm like preaching self-worth and I have a nose job. Like, I, you know, it's, so if that were the case and she came and said, I just wish you were more comfortable with who you were and all that, like, mm, may, not get be triggered. So, yeah. may not be so easy to deflect now because I have given truth to that statement. So when you're pushing out of your comfort zone and you're letting go of these attachments and you're, maybe you're like, I got to get divorced or maybe you're like, I got to start this new career, but oh my gosh, like, uh, uh, I'm like an attorney and I want to be like a yoga teacher. Like everyone's going to judge me and they're going to be like, you're so stupid. Why would you ever do that? Why would you let that go? But your heart is like, please, please, please do it. You know, whatever it is. It's always about what people think of you. It's like, well, what if I do this video or I go online or I try this thing? What are people going to think? We have got to get rid of that altogether. You're Mm -hmm. never, ever going to advance in any area of your life if you give a shit about that. And the thing is, is... And it's about becoming confident. It's about doing the self-work to get the self-esteem so that you don't give Mm -hmm. a shit. Yeah. yeah, you're worried about what they think because you think that. You're judging yourself about that because when you let that go and you stop making that judgment on you when other people do it, it will be weird to you. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like, mm, gosh, it's a sore spot. Yeah. I can kind of see it when they do it. You're going to be like, Oh yeah. You know, uh, my mindset coach that I work with, he was saying in a meeting this week, like, why is it that when you walk up to a woman on the street and you, and I, he's like, maybe I say, Oh, I love your blouse. That's beautiful. What does she usually say? Like, oh, oh this thing, oh I God. got it for like $10. Yeah, I got it for 10 bucks. And I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh. Like, uh, no, like, you know, they, it's deflected. Um, but what if he's like, if, what if I walked up to a woman on the street and I said, wow, you are so fat and ugly. He's like, she would probably take that thing to her grave. It, she would take it in and absorb it so much that she would just never forget it. Whereas the blouse thing, she would never remember. So he's like, why is that? Because it's confirming a belief that she already has about herself. And we're constantly confirming our beliefs. So it's like, check your beliefs, yo. Check your beliefs. Because if you want to go after your dreams and you somewhere deep, deep, deep inside your conscious mind, don't really think you can do it. Don't think you're qualified. You're afraid to fail. And all those things, when somebody else points it out to you, you're going to be like, you're going to take that as truth. 
And it's really only truth because you've made it true. So that's like, just like you're saying, we got to do the inner work on these, uh, these attachments that we have to, you got, you got to admit it. You can't be in denial. You have to like admit the situation of your attachment and unpack why you Mm -hmm. do it. It's likely Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. desires aren't being met. So you got to change it to loving yourself, instilling some hopeful thoughts, getting in the gratitude. I mean, you know, meditation, whatever you, you want to add to that as well. But this really, everything we all talk about comes from a core of believing in oneself and then yeah. faith, like trusting the river, right? And flow instead of paddling against the wind or clinging to the side rocks, which is a lot of struggle. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, there's lots of things we're attached to. But again, I mean, I like where in your life can you maybe release some attachments or where do you really need to let go? Like, do you need to really start to do something you love? And that's the thing too, with doing what you love, people can't see how the money will come. So they won't do it. This is the dumbest, biggest stumbling block ever. You Mm -hmm. do it anyway. You do it anyway, because if you love it, you love it. And if you don't, then shut up about it. You don't really love it. And it's just a thing. Yep. A couple other short quotes from David R. Hawkins from this book, Letting Go of the Pathway of Surrender. He says, the world can only see us as we see ourselves. I know you know that's true, Elle. I I I feel it from the world. I know it. You, they, it's, you know, we always say, you always hear like, you teach other people how to treat you. Like really, truly, if you're like, Hey, guess what? Like I am a, I am a yoga instructor runner. People are like, okay, she's a yoga instructor runner. If you're like, I am a, uh, self-conscious hoarder. People are like, okay, she's a self-conscious hoarder. So just however you see yourself is everyone just accepts it. And so the only way People can see us as how we see ourselves. I love that that point. And then the other, the other thing, I was just like, I like this. This is. And like by the just way, like- just on that note, this is this is just a true statement about that about myself. The way people do see me generally is truly how I see myself and how yeah. I think of myself. The totally. things that are the things that are positive and or negative, perhaps like the good friends yeah. that know those things about you. But for sure, so. Um, the, it's it's and that's why there's like no imposter syndrome or any of that kind of stuff because I am exactly what people. Yeah, think I am, sure. you know, and I remember like, I was like the other day, someone got a couple people got thank God for the block function on social media. But, you know, people got like they get offended. I'm sure you get DMs mm-hmm. like, oh, that was too harsh or whatever. Some yeah. People, oh, yeah. <laughs> someone was like offended by the people pleasing post I put up and they were like, I think this little too. I was like, block, block, whatever. You know, I don't have time yeah. for negative. Like if you're the kind of person that's going to go troll and post a negative yeah. comment about something, yep. then I mean, I don't have time for you. But I just remember in that moment thinking like, am I too harsh or are you just too freaking offended by everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like I wanted to be like, go back and listen to our podcast on being offended. Um, but you got to just let this stuff go. You know, you got to not engage or let go or engage briefly, see if it's legit. Um, again, uh, yes. being on social media, if you have an attachment to what people think of you, mm. Mm. Because mm-hmm. listen, there are some areas of social media or what you might do where you're going to get a lot of harsh kickback. Let's say you are what you love commenting on political stuff. Well, okay, that's an imitation because it's a very divisive thing. You have to know mm-hmm. that going in. And if you do, then you can't put any stake into all those comments coming at you or you're never going to continue on doing what you love. So, you know, I mean, look, Mark Sisson over the years, I'm sure, has had millions of vegans go online and be like, you're a horrible person. You're, you're telling people they should eat meat and murdering. Okay. Of course, but you know what? You pay it no mind. You keep going because you're on your mission. You're on your purpose and you know what's right, no matter what that is. Um, But also detaching when it's not right. If you're getting that feeling that there's a disconnect, you might have to change gears, even if you're attached to it, even if you already have the business cards for it, right? Like, you know? Yeah, I had a recent experience just this past weekend where I, 
you know, both of us, we can, we can tell it like it is. We, we speak our mind. We're not, uh, totally. we don't, we don't sugarcoat things. And I made a video and I shared some thoughts and I got some, some lashback from people that I know in real life. Um, and it was, I admit like, because it was people that I knew and not like strangers on the internet, I was like, wow, why are you coming at me so hard? You know, like, wow, like that's not at all what I was trying to say. Like, I feel very attacked here. And then this quote from David R. Hawkins is really good. He says, the other person merely mirrors back what we are projecting onto them. And so, you know, I thought about it and I was like, cause at first my defense mechanisms want to come up and be like, dude, that's not at all what I'm saying. And all these other people can see that, see what I'm saying. And they're like twisting it into this other thing. And it's all very defensive. And then I thought, okay, hold on. Let me like cool my jets for a second and, and learn from this. And I thought, okay, I get it because I'm coming at people really hard. <laughs> I should only expect that other people are going to come back hard at me. And that's okay. I choose that because you know why I feel comfortable with it? Because every time I make a post, I tap in, I ask, I'm like, what do you want me to say? And that is like whatever energy comes through me and whatever message comes through, through me comes. And so I feel comfortable with it. I know I'm like, okay, yes, there's some things I can learn. Like, okay, I might want to like say, but if you're in this situation, I might want to like, you know, get it, go a little more in depth. So people know that I understand. But in in the end, I felt, I was like, no, I, I know that for me, that was the right move. I had so many other people thank me for that pose that really changed their paradigm. It really helped them disconnect from their stress. And so if I want to live in this world of like two people got mad at me, three people got mad at me, but, uh, 75 other people told me like, thank you. That is awesome. Yes. This is how I feel. God, yes, this is so needed. You know, what do you want to focus on? And I think, you know, the, the biggest point I want to make here is sure we can learn things from, from every, every situation. But the biggest thing is like, if you know that it's coming from something bigger than you get out of your own way, you know that some people are going to disagree with you. Some people aren't going to like you, but if you know that you're channeling that stuff from something bigger than you, like just surrender to it and, and understand that when people come back at you mad, you don't know what they're got going on in their own life and you're coming at them really hard and you might've just hit them right in their sore spot. I am sure that those people, I hit them right in a sore spot, you know? And so it's just like, okay, release and let go, release and let go. But it's, you know, it, 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 there definitely are challenges. I always say like being at, being on social media and putting yourself in the public eye is an, the ultimate personal development journey. Yeah. And I'm always like, I'm not for everybody. You're not for everybody. Listen, Hey, you right. if you don't like the way we express stuff, don't fall like, like then yeah. don't bother. Some people also on the other side, you see this, they have an attachment to still keeping tabs or watching someone they are ripping hey. on and yeah. it's like that's that's an attachment yeah. that needs to go like are you attached to <laughs> you know constantly like re-aggravating yourself because you actually don't like the way yeah. Tara expressed stuff but you're watching all of her videos and you're not stealing like you need to detach from her right or whatever the, the the person or situation is and I think that that's kind of a and a little bit of an addiction and attachment people have too and that's an attachment to negativity on all levels because if someone's totally. not resonating with you get out of there I don't care if it's me totally. then don't don't listen totally. to anything I have to say. If I, you know, look, I, we've all heard this before. There's a million spiritual teachers and mindset coaches out there. We resonate with some more than others, right? And so I might yeah. be not your bag or Tara, that's okay. Then go, but don't be simmering in this 
unhealthy attachment you have to us if you don't like us or whatever. Totally, you know. totally, totally. And yeah, the block function is a wonderful thing and I use it frequently. <laughs> um, okay, my, yeah. um, my my question, I think, I, I, I don't know if you have another point you want to make. I, I kind of, I wanted to, okay, I wanted to close this up with, a, with asking you guys who are listening. I know that there was something that came up in this episode that you know that you're attached to. And that feeling, that feeling of like, yeah, I know, but in, in the follow-up thought is like, no, dude, I can't let that go. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. I uh, like, uh, it's that, that really unsettled feeling where you feel it coming in, but it's like, but the cost is so high. The cost of letting that go is so high. I'm telling you, it's not. And that, that lie has led me to stay in situations so much longer than what was healthy for me. And I, I, I always think about like, man, what did I miss out on? There was all that time was available for me to just like go and grow and, and, and expand. And it's like the longer, the, the, the actual high cost is that the actual cost is not what, but I had this like five years of marriage, but he treats me like crap and beats me or whatever it is. And I don't, you know, no, the cost is your freedom. The cost is moving on. The cost is you living in your purpose. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's something else, but whatever it is, I'm asking you what came up for you while you were listening to this. And I'm asking you to have the courage, the courage to step into it, the courage to just say, okay, I'm freaking listening. I'll do it. I'm scared, but I'm going to do it. And I am telling you, if it's something intuitively in you and you have the courage to do that, you will get your prize. You, I've been, I, Ellen and I have been getting messages from people telling us they've been getting their prize and I love it. I love you guys. Thank you for telling me you're getting your prize, you know? So just, yeah, I love all the feedback from you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and I appreciate so any I, ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's in your heart, I'm just, we got you. We're here to support you. Like have the courage to step into and let go of those attachments. I also want to bring up another sort of like nuance of this attachment thing, which is, okay, for, I'll just give an example. Like, let's say you got out of that unhealthy marriage, right? Or whatever. And let's say you have kids with that person, right? And, and that, so, cause you have to still communicate with your ex clearly. You have four kids with them, yeah. right? But I'm talking about yep. anyone out. This is a general example. You may be detached from the thing. You're not living with them or whatever, but are you still vibrationally attached to something negative going Ooh. on there? Because yeah. that I've seen too much where I've had to say to people, you're still in the marriage. Totally. <laughs> it's been four years. You're still yeah. in it because you're still allowing this or you're still playing this dance or you're still not drawing the boundaries over here even though you drew the big boundary enough to divorce the asshole. Totally. But now you're still not there. So again, is there an attachment? You, you know, Is there something still lingering and simmering in something there too because a lot of people have those as well and you know oh, i had this um it's a probably a whole another episode but i had this conversation with a friend the other day who's done a lot of work for many years he actually was in sex love addicts anonymous for for many years had a lot of issues there because he was a uh he was a gaslighter he was a he was a yeah. he, he, his sex love addiction was not about actual sex it was about all of the drama with the yeah, yeah, relationships yeah. getting and it, winning the dopamine rush and all that totally and um so anyway we're having this conversation and about family stuff and things like that and about how we can even be attached to that like well they're our family member they're blood therefore and you're getting guilted into something so you know there might be unhealthy attachments but then society or the world's like but that's your family and you know that's yeah. that's probably the toughest one again is yeah. detaching from people but sometimes you totally. have to in order to keep your sanity i have had to detach from people and family yeah. members because i was like blood is not thicker than my peace of mind 
Totally. It's just not. So again, like some of those are like the most unhealthy ones or the ones to people. And I would say, look at those. Or are you still attached even though you think you're not? Because there Mm -hmm. might be a lingering Mm -hmm. dingleberry hanging out there, some cord attaching you. (laughs) Um, That's all I got on that topic. Love it, love it, love it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, We'll go ahead and wrap this up. If you guys want to find all of our listening options, make sure you go to kickasslifepodcast.com and watch us on YouTube. We'd love to have you guys come join us on YouTube if we've gotten some feedback from people. They're like, I just put you guys on my iPad when I'm cooking or whatever. So yeah, we're on YouTube. Don't forget that. It's just um, youtube.com forward slash kickasslifepodcast. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week.